I'm not a designer myself. Um, to me, designers are magic. Like <laughs> I love watching what they can do with ugly data or gross content. They are just so, for me, it was kind of the full package of creativity. Hey there, and welcome to yet another episode of the World of Presentations podcast brought to you by Asset Presentation Agency 356 Labs, where we not only develop presentations and train people from uh, some of the biggest brands out there, but we also organize and host the largest presentation skills conference in the world called Present to Succeed. I'm Boris, uh, the founder of 356 Labs and your host for today's episode. And with me, I have another incredible guest and a colleague from our industry. Uh, she is the founder of presentation agency Slide Rabbit, so she's like complete, like definitely a colleague of ours. Uh, what's more, she is the current president of the Presentation Guild that I believe we need to mention yet again uh, on this podcast. And lastly, she is one of those people that, at least in my opinion, adores sharing her knowledge about presentations and everything surrounding them. So who is with me today? Her name is Bethany Ock, or at least I say Ock. She told me the story about that German name. And today we're going to be talking with her about Google Slides. Bethany, super happy to finally have you. Welcome on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And as I mentioned, it is my first podcast. So we're really, we're making history today. <laughs> <laughs> I still cannot believe that this is your first podcast. So let's make it great. Okay. Let's make okay. it happen. Let's start with how did you end up being part of the presentation industry and also running a presentation, full-blown presentation agency? Yeah. So I kind of came into it by accident, honestly. I, um, after college, I was thinking law school. I wanted to be a litigator. And um, my stepmom really kind of dissuaded me. She was talking a lot about kind of, you know, work-life balance and those sorts of things. She convinced me to take a year off and just work first. And so I started in a, just, I got kind of a marketing admin job at a litigation consultancy. And one of their big things yeah. was services. So they would travel for trials and help create their narrative. And then we also had design services to um, make those visual aids that would help the lawyers tell the story to the jury. Um, and so just kind of by accident, they were understaffed on a trial. And even though I was in marketing, they sent me out. And um, I ended up just falling in love with it. I loved creating, you know, thinking through argumentation and um, simplifying, you know, kind of complex legal ideas for lay people, juries. And then I absolutely loved, uh, maybe even more than that part, working with designers. I like, I'm not a designer myself. Um, to me, designers are magic. Like, <laughs> I love watching <laughs> what they can do with, you know, ugly data or, you know, gross content. Like, it, they're just so. For me, it was kind of the full package of creativity, you know, being able to figure out how to put an argument together all the way through putting together uh, a visual representation. So I loved it. Um, but what I didn't love <laughs> was working on those trials was um, exhausting. I mean, we worked 20 hour days. Mm. We didn't not, you know, no weekends. We didn't go home. We would just be like across the country from friends and family for weeks at a time. And so eventually we burned out me and, uh, a, a couple people from my design team. So that's kind of how slide rabbit was born. We want to keep doing the same services, uh, but not in the same atmosphere or for the same clients. So we left, um, uh, specifically myself and my business partner, Tara Sheffield, we left. Um, she's now um, our art director and she's a business partner at Side Rabbit. Um, and eventually our, our other design team member, Erin, who's also an art director now at Side Rabbit, uh, came along for the ride and Side Rabbit was born and that was in 2012. And so we're coming up on nine years and we're just, you know, so excited yeah. to be doing the same work except for much, you know, much more relaxed projects, you know, marketing projects and pitch projects and all the things that really make businesses run without the hundred hour plus weeks of working. Yeah. Yeah. That could be like very, like 20 hour days consistently yeah. could be more or less brutal. Let's put it this way. It was so, pretty rough. Yeah. There was not a lot of time to sleep. That's for sure. Yep. Well, yeah, let's start there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> definitely. So you entered the presentation space 
it doesn't seem like you're going to leave it soon because you love it so much. However, let's jump to the topic of our discussion today because in that world, there is a lot of love and hate relationship, you know, like Google Slides, PowerPoint, Apple Keynote, a lot of organizations moved. I don't know if there are a lot, but at least a few that I know that are huge moved to the G Suite of Google and respectively to Google Slides. What's going on with Google Slides? Like, what do you see happening? Why is this huge? Like, what's going on in that space? Right. So, you know, you mentioned that you've seen a couple of clients. I think I've been talking about Google Slides a lot, and I'm sure people are, you know, kind of sick of me harping on it. But the reason that I, I keep kind of wanting to get the word out is because we've seen a lot of movement in our business. Um, and at first it was, you know, our really tech forward clients or really small businesses. Um, but now in the last, especially in the last year, but even a little bit before um, the pandemic hit, it was becoming our larger clients, our more conservative types of clients have been mm-hmm. moving over to Google Slides. And um, I think the main reason, honestly, is is the ease of collaboration. And so, of course, when the pandemic hit and everyone had to figure out kind of how to work from home and still get things done, it became just a huge boon for them to just be able to jump into the same document. So I think that the work from home, the new work from home pandemic culture is accelerated this change, but I don't think it's going anywhere. And that's because, you know, I, you know, we've seen a lot of large companies, like I think Twitter just like canceled their office space in general. And now people don't have to go back to the office. So a lot of people um, and, and a lot of other companies are thinking, oh, we're kind of going to be like partially back. And then we'll have like hotels or hot de- hoteling or hot desking um, mm. for people to come into the office. So I think there will still be a lot of need for collaboration from remote places after the pandemic. Um, and I also think, you know, I work a little bit um I try to do just pro bono some sessions uh, for education. And um, I was doing some for the Texas A&M San Antonio. And I was talking to the professor and I was talking about PowerPoint. And she was like, you know, I just got to stop you all of in throughout academia it's really more popular for people now to be using the google um, workspace and that's because it's free so you know we don't have it's just more accessible for students from all different types of backgrounds um so we're seeing that in academia and then as these students enter the workforce we have a class of people that is already way more comfortable um in in the google workspace suite um uh, rather than in office so i really think that google slides is coming and and it may not ever take over you know we've all heard that there's powerpoint killers out there and we've to see one really materialize. Um, but I do think that um, it's good to be prepared uh, because they are not the same tool. Although um, for, for a non-advanced user, they might seem similar. Very close. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, what you're saying about the education space, like I believe that Google did a huge push in that space, understanding exactly what you are saying. Like if people get used to it, if students get used to it, then they are going to be searching for it and expect right. it. And mm-hmm. that played, and I believe continues to play a very big role for Google in particular, but also for Microsoft and many others. Like everyone is spending so much money of those three companies on the, in the edu- education space. It oh, is yeah. very interesting to look at. Anyway, you mentioned that many organizations move to Google and to Google Slides or to the, to the solution of, that Google provides because of collaboration. And I would say that when I first saw, and that was like a few years ago, the level of the collaboration that Google Slides really has I would say, oh my God, even up until today, we highly recommend Google Slides for collaboration purposes to the people that we work with. What's going on in that collaboration feature? Like, why is it so popular? Why is it better? Like, if you have to paint the picture for people who are listening to this one that have never, ever touched Google Slides, like, what are you going to say? Because the people that are listening are from the business world, you know? So they may have heard it, they may have done some work with Google Slides, but they may 
um, missed, they may have missed the collaboration feature and that may be the, actually the key feature that helps them out in their next project. What's going on with that collaboration feature that Google has that everyone is looking at and is like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is it is funny because it would be easy to miss if you didn't know to look for it because it is pretty subtle in the interface, mm. but it is by far the most like powerful part of Google Slides. Um, you know, if you've, if you've tried to... To, to work with, you know, online documents with uh, Microsoft. So like, a, you know, live editing of Word or, or, or PowerPoint, it's possible. <laughs> and I say yeah, it in that tone because it's hinky. Like I, 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 we don't have a lot of success with it. Um, but Google Sites has a lot of, it, it just, it just is so much more intuitive and natural. So, you know, even if we're just talking about like editing, right? Like forget about communication, but just editing. Mm -hmm. If you are trying to put a deck together, um, you don't have to have, you know, Sally's got this section and Judd's got this section and whatever, and then put them all together. And then we review and then we send it out. We get comments and then we meet for it. No, everybody can be in the same file at the same time editing live and you don't experience any slowdown or lag. But even more than that, um, you know, just putting together a full deck that you can see, you can edit the same slide. So yeah. one person can be working uh, wordsmithing and another person could be designing or adding icons or um, making comments on the slide. And you see it all live happening on the slide. So there's little indicators so you can tell what other people are doing. Um, but you can, it, it's so seamless that it, it almost feels futuristic. And honestly, they've been able to do that for quite a while. Um, so yeah. they're, they've been way ahead in that kind of multiple user editing space uh, for years. Um, but beyond just the kind of you know, simultaneous, yeah. yeah, the simultaneous collaboration, there's also really good um, communication. So the comments, there's a little like plus comment, you could easily miss it plus comment um, button in the top user bar. Um, and you can add a comment to a full slide, or you can add a comment to a specific item on the slide. So you could specifically indicate the title or the graph or the table and comment only on that and you can also tag, you know, at tag any of the content stakeholders that you might want them to take a look at it. So when we work in conjunction with our clients um, in Google Slides, it's really nice because they can review the design work at the same time they're reviewing content on different slides. We don't have to wait for them to edit a full version and give us a full set of comments to keep going. Um, and that can get messy, you know, of course, but uh, but the the whole the whole incredible part of it is just, it can happen so quickly. So instead yeah. of versions being sent back and forth and things being um, addressed in rounds, um, someone can change the title from a content perspective while I design, uh, change the design on the slide um, without kind of losing any uh, lag time in there. Yeah. Um, which actually, you know, you may have, we're potentially going to ask about this, but um the most important part about that too, since it can get messy is the versioning. And yeah. I know you and I had kind of traded thoughts on that on email. The versioning is really powerful as well. Yeah. I mean, that, let's, let's jump to the versioning after a second, like just to, just to give a little bit of context, maybe here for everyone who is listening or watching or whatever, like if you are looking for a presentation tool, no matter what you have in your arsenal right now, and you're looking for something that will help you collaborate with a few more people on your team or any other organization, like the default option first should be Google Slides. Like I'm a Microsoft MVP for PowerPoint and I still say, hey, this is, as you said, like they got that and nailed that feature years ago. And it really looks like magic. Like it's so fast, so there is no lag between yeah. the like it is crazy and then on top of it you have the comments but let's say okay the comments are sure microsoft is nowadays having it right but then you have the versioning on on top of the comments you also have the versioning feature so let's give a quick intro to everyone that's listening what should they expect from the versioning because that 
I, by the way, used that at least a few times in critical moments. And I was like, wow, Microsoft really has to look at this because that, that is a completely different way of working. And a better yeah, one. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you and anybody who's listening within your own organization has like some sort of like file naming system so that when you are looking yeah. back at, for old versions, you can find them. Um, and so ours are you know, in our Dropbox. Yeah, we use like yeah. date and, you know, four digit time and um, just to be able to kind of pinpoint. Um, but it's still not exact. And like you could easily say like, oh, I made a slide and then later that day a client deleted it um, and that's it's just gone out of that but not in google slides because they're versioning and you, it's just a little panel that you open um and it's amazing the, the versions are so granular that you can you can kind of what time it was you can see who the editors were so you can say oh i really want to get in there before this specific client came in and made some changes i don't agree with and um you don't have to restore the whole version but you can make a copy and kick that out so that you can pick um you know, pick and choose all certain things that you want to get back um, into the presentation. Uh, the other thing I love to do is when, because we are, we do work kind of live with clients is we'll, we'll design the whole deck and then we'll share it back to them for their edits. I always make a copy and keep like a secret non-shared version of the fully designed um, yeah. one so that we can pull back anything that got, you know, kind of messed up in the, in the, editing process. Um, also you can name them. So you can say like, you know, here's the name for this version. And you can say like before client input or, um, you know, for board review or whatever it is so that you have kind of markers that coordinate with the project. So you don't have to remember dates and times necessarily. So if you keep the, the versioning in mind, as you go through your project management, it can be just incredibly helpful to have a real history um, and really kind of dig down into some of those granular changes that you meet, might need to restore or check back on. Yeah, definitely. And when you need to restore, the coolest part is that, as you said, like you don't have to restore a copy of the file you can pick and choose up to the level of the object. Like mm -hmm. that's madness. Like, yeah. that, that is so cool to be able to choose. Oh, no, no. I just want that one chart on slide 38 to be back, you know? Right. And you have it. Like it's, it's way, way better. Like it is super, super nice to have a tool like this. Sometimes I also think that, now that you said it, sometimes if I go back to everything that we have done, even though we also have some negative um, emotions towards that platform and towards that tool, uh, and we're going to touch on data for sure in this episode, um, everyone has negative thoughts uh, when we talk about Google Sites and data uh, for one reason mm -hmm. or the other. Uh, but that versioning stuff and that collaboration, it really works like magic. Like it's, it's insane. Anyway, a lot yeah. of people pair slides with PowerPoint, of course, normal, expected. What what do you see there? Like obviously the obviously the collaboration, obviously the everything around collaboration is I would say still 2021 March. Uh it's still better. What mm -hmm. is the difference like if you have to compare them, what should people expect? Like what's your what what are your thoughts there? Right. So I think the, the biggest um, misstep you can make if you're starting to move from PowerPoint to Google Slides is just to assume that they're the same product. We have a lot of clients who kind of are like, well, we just took our PowerPoint and then we made it Google Slides and like now we're working Google Slides. Yeah. To a point that works. If you don't have anything fancy going on, you're just kind of working with content on top of the slides probably be fine. You'll probably, you'll probably get by. Um, and a lot of the same tools are there and the interface is kind of similar. So I totally understand how that happens. But if you are, um, you know, a little bit deeper in the, into presentation and you're working kind of with layouts or, um, you know, theme, that sort of thing, there are some hiccups to be aware of. Uh, it doesn't handle layouts, placeholders, uh, or theme kind of the same way at all. Um, you won't have placeholders for images. You don't have placeholders for charts. The placeholders can only hold text. And that can be a real mm. issue if you want to make sure your slides are, you know, working on a grid and consistently placed, you know, you don't have these 
handy tools to snap things into. Um, so if, you, if you're the resp person responsible for setting up the presentations for other content people to work in, those are kind of some of like the more back end items that you kind of need to think about working around. You can upload custom colors now. About a year ago, I think you couldn't really have custom colors. You had to like input them in your recent colors every time. So now yeah. that's an improvement. Um, but besides the placeholder issue, the layouts are like always in order of alphabetical, um, which is kind of strange um, and not super helpful. And it's very hard if you've got a, a deck with two different sets of masters in the back, that's very hard to correct without not having to do a lot of manual work because you, you kind of have to use like a hammer and just hammer them all into the same theme and then go through yeah. to fix instead of fixing independently. So there's some backend issues that um, to be aware of if you're, if you're in charge of helping your company make the switch. Um, another warning I would say is that the transparency is not very good. So when um, updates come out in you know, Office 365, you can find the documentation. You can see what's new. They're going to walk you through it when you first launch your PowerPoint. Don't expect any of that with Google Slides, okay? <laughs> Google's just going to do, Google's going to do what it does and um, you're going to find out about it kind of happenstance. Um, there's like one place to go for Google update news and it took us a really long time to find it because it's hard. The, there's like places that say they're going to update about Google Slides. They don't. The one to look for um, is workspaceupdates.googleblog.com. Yeah. I'm also subscribed to that one, by the way. It really is, yeah. I think, the only place where they you know, publish something. It's funny because they have a bunch that are called like Google Slide Update Forum or like things like that. And then they update those once a year. But this specific one has like a a search label for Google Slides so you can just see the Google Slides updates. And um, it, it's it's updated way more often than some of these other like quasi spaces. So um, you're still not going to kind of get work, you know, walked through as you come into the, the interface. But that is the that's something to keep an eye on for improvements. And also sometimes they may take away um, functionality that you want to be aware of. So um, that add that to your RSS reader um, if you're going to be working in Google Slides for sure. Yeah, they, by the way, started uploading some videos on their YouTube channel. But oh. like, yeah, from time to time, you can see like because they're there, I need to double check. Uh, I don't know if you know the channel so that we can mention it, but I also don't know it by, by heart. Uh, but I believe it's a little bit more generic, you know, channel for Google. And then once you go to YouTube and subs subscribe for the channel and look at your subscriptions, etc., from time to time, you can notice by the title or by the thumbnail, oh, wait, that's Google Slides type of thing. Let me play <laughs> Let me play it. But otherwise, it's probably that RSS uh, feed and no other place where you can learn what's new, what's happening, etc. I, by the way, haven't thought about the fact that they don't introduce their features well. You know, you no. haven't seen like they, they just know, push them and that that's it, right? I I think it's just you know I mean I guess probably the, their mentality is like you know they they don't really that actually another thing that makes me a little nervous about Google Slides is actually they don't owe us anything. Um, this mm. isn't a purchased product, right? It's free. So you've seen it before with with Google. Like um, this was really old, but if you ever use Google Reader, um, oh, yeah. that they just retired that, right? They just said yeah. mm, no more. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like my lifeblood. I read, you know, my Google Reader keeps me organized. Um, yeah. And although I don't see that happening with Google Slides anytime soon because they are kind of gaining momentum it's not impossible that one day they decide that their focus has changed. So, um, well, I hope we would have lots of opportunity to download any of your work. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it makes me a little nervous. Uh, one of those things that you think about at three in the morning, like what if they shut it down, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> what will happen then? <laughs> I know. So just, you know, be aware that it is, you know, we don't, it's since it's not a licensed product, like we're really kind of at the whim of Google's decision-making on that. Yeah. What about, by the way, missing features related to the end user, like all those master slides type of things, yeah. the layouts, the placeholders are probably going to be 
like applicable and people who are, let's say, in the marketing department or the people that actually purchase those templates, probably branding or again, marketing or whoever, those organizations should know about that, right? The, the templates won't be the same. Uh, even yeah. though I now remember that one very, very huge company uh, that you can rent a car from actually uses Google Slides uh, very extensively, I would say. <laughs> very ex- <laughs> and their template is in Google Slides, but it's exactly following the workarounds that you mentioned, more or less mm-hmm. like it is very much whatever the technology allows, you know? So yeah. what, about the, what about the end user that just wants to create a presentation on top of Google Slides? Like if you have to tell them, hey, here are some things that just won't work as in PowerPoint. So be warned, these are huge, you know? Like are there any that you can... Like, are there any that pop up in your mind, in your head immediately? Yeah, the biggest, um, the the biggest confusion for our clients seems to be the lack of image placeholders. So, okay. um, yeah, a lot of a lot of our clients want, you know, just make this an image placeholder, and we'll pop in whatever we want, you know, you know, for building yeah. templates, whatever. And helping them to understand that that's not how Google Slides works, and you basically they're going to have to do a manual crop every time that. Uh, that's not a favorite. I mean, at, taking away some of those automated um, those features that that um, PowerPoint had. Uh, the, another one, another great one, um, depending on your organization, is animation. So the animation in Google Slides is a very simplistic. And so if you have, um, you know, even if you're not doing anything flashy, right, of course, your morphs will break and stuff. But even if you're not doing something flashy, um, if you're doing an animation to show how your database recalls certain data, that's something that some of our, we have a lot of data clients. Um, And we just use some nice little animations to kind of help uh, a lay person understand how all that is working. You upload that to Google Slides and you better watch it through because a lot of times things will just change to fades. There's no motion paths. So, um, so any sort of instructive diagram that's got things like that moving around can um, can really kind of fail to translate in both slides. Yeah, is by the way the conversion from have you seen people moving PPT files, PowerPoint files to Google Slides? What's the result there? Is it like a very what's the compatibility there? <laughs> like are are yeah. people should people be mindful when doing that, or should they be oh, okay to work hours? Yeah. So, um, be mindful. Um, it's gotten better. I will say (laughs) at first it was like, Oh Lord. Uh, And everything would just become, you know, flat on the master and nothing would work. That still will happen with images. Any image placeholder stuff is going to kind of just become like flat, non, non supported. You do want to roll through all of your slides for sure. Um, make sure that everything went, but now actually things are working quite nicely. So, um, your colors will come up, your custom colors will come up, your fonts will come up unless it's not a Google font in which case, Google font has a little font bot that says, here's a close, um, here's a close Google, Google font, and it just replaces it in there. So that's really handy. Um, of course, if you've okay, got a, cool. you know, if you've got a brand font that might not pass muster in the branding department, but something to be aware of, um, anything that you had that was a native PowerPoint shape. So icons that are native PowerPoint shapes and things like that, they will translate and now become Google Slides native shapes. So you can change the colors and all the um, the things. So on top of the slides, you're really in pretty good shape. The things that won't translate, graphs, of course, um, of course. those will just become images. Uh, there is a way to uh, break your graphs apart and then upload those as shapes. So they won't be data-driven anymore, but the graph uh, formatting will remain. You can upload that to Google Slides and then format there. So um, there are some workarounds, but but yeah, the, a flat conversion isn't as isn't as tidy as it as it seems like it might be. Yeah, but they also have now. I think that they you are now allowed to download in PPTX file, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah, is that one on the same level again? Mindful. Yeah, it actually works better. So I, you know, it it actually works better. Your graphs will still become images, um, which I I think is frustrating. And I feel like they could fix that because Google Slides graphs are built from sheets, so that data is there. It does seem like they could then make that transfer into (laughs) an Excel, but I don't, you know, again, not a developer. Um, 
but yeah, the, the, the transfer down is actually a little bit cleaner. I think probably these G slides is a more simple um, application. So going from more simple to more complex, it, it tends to do a better job handling it. Yeah, so by the way, just to repeat that one for everyone that's listening, custom fonts are not supported yet, correct? Right. So only you can't um, you can't put in a custom font. There's you know, Google has like thousands of fonts to choose yeah. from and it will find you a close substitute. But you can't you know, if you have a very specific custom font, you won't be able to kind of add that. Got it. That could be interesting for some organizations, not for everyone, yeah. but for some. And we mentioned a lot like we you already mentioned charts, graphs all of that stuff like i remember i will never forget that by the way because we were working on an investor deck mm -hmm. and we needed to move a powerpoint file this table will break at the end um, <laughs> that's the computer resize on um we had this case where like we had to move a lot of like there were a lot of excel charts and graphs in that in that file to google slides for whatever the reason was i remember that this was such a painful exercise that one of our designers almost crashed and crashed emotionally, you know, like it was so painful. She worked for hours and hours to convert them into native Google uh, charts. It was just so brutal. She was like, this is not working. This doesn't exist. This is not working. This is like this one. I don't know why it's acting this way on and on. And on. What is your opinion? Like what should people expect in the data Part because nowadays so many people have charts, tables, graphs of like so many presentations have those. Like, what should yeah. people expect in that regard? Like, is Excel supported? Is it is it Google Sheets only? Like, let's start from let's say Google Sheets and Excel. What's what's going on in there? Right. So, nope. Um, well, Excel I think, is not supported. No, you can you can upload an mm -hmm. Excel um, as Sheets. Um, although I'm not as familiar with those two products um, and how they interplay together, but there's still going to be manual fixes because they use different formulas in a lot of places. And so you're going to want to have to, you're going to have to check all of, um, you know, if you're computing within that Excel um, rather than just entering data, that's something that you're going to want to check and kind of go through. So I, you know, that's, that's a heartbreaker right there. Um, mm. And then getting, you know, working in sheets because it's different than working in Excel um, can be really frustrating for anybody who's used to Excel and handling data and doing computing there. Because again, with different formulas, you know, you lose some of that like kind of instant um, muscle memory, um, hockey work that, that we can all kind of do in our favorite applications. So making that switch will be difficult um, for the people who are handling data in the organization. Um, and then when you move into the design aspect of, of working with data in Google, or sorry, in, even just in Sheets, um, you run into some really weird choices that Google's made. So okay. you can't there, you know, again, we just, we were just talking about fonts, right? There's thousands of Google fonts. I, I don't know what the number is. I'm going to say thousands. Maybe there's only like 1200, but there's a lot. And, yeah. um, for some reason, they chose that in Sheets, you still have access to all those fonts for like your data. But once you have a graph, like you generate the graph from the data, only like 12 fonts can be used on the graph. So like 12 hmm. choices. So for your labels and your chart labels and your access, whatever, axes, um, you can choose from only some basic 12 fonts, which is very strange if you're trying to brand out um, yeah. a deck, right? So kind of get locked into some some choices that are non-brand compliant. Uh, the other thing yeah. is that you're unless you've specifically set up your theme in each one of those separate excels slash sheets that you're uploading, you won't have like you won't have the same theme. You can't just pull the graph into the PowerPoint and it adjusts to the theme colors like you would from Excel to PowerPoint. Yeah. It won't do that because. Um, because what actually is happening when you pull a graph from sheets into slides is it's pasting a picture. It's not um, pasting like a live graph object the way we're used to working yeah. with in PowerPoint. So you can't click on a series and change the color on the slide. You have to do all that formatting and designing 
in sheets kind of blindly before you get it over to your slide. And that is truly, um, you can't, you can't um, kind of mess with it and, and, and um, adjust around once you're in the, the actual like environment that you want the graph to live in. So that can be a real yeah. challenge um, because we've got, uh, you know, another issue with this is sizing. The si you can't even resize your graph um, on slides. You can resize yeah. it. Well, because it's an yeah. image, you can resize it with the corner handles while holding shift yeah, okay. to like maintain the dimensions. But right. if you try to change the width or the it's height, you're going to get, yeah, you're going to get distortion there. And that is extremely frustrating. Trying to, you know, you can use, you know, you would want to use like your format pane and your exact sizing um, options yeah. uh, or create a grid and have all the graphs be the same size throughout the presentation be so that you're always generating at the same size because tr trying to guess back and forth blindly about the sizing of how that's going to look once you pull it into the side. I mean, that alone would be like worth an emotional breakdown for your poor designer. <laughs> so I get it. Um, yeah. Really frustrating. Yes. Obviously the data part is painful to watch. Uh, or to do so anyone who is looking for collaboration features in a simplified version of PowerPoint go there but if you have data and let's say something that's just a little bit above the basics maybe right it's like maybe it's early maybe that's not the best place to go maybe PowerPoint is still like that integration with Excel is just I mean it is phenomenal. Like Microsoft, yeah. in, in regards to that, like Excel and PowerPoint just work <laughs> together. It's so funny because I think, you know, minus like this G slides experience with data, I think we had a lot of kind of gruff with some of that integration. You know, it was like, why, you know, the update, it's not just like open the file and everything updates, all those things. And you're like, and then I'm like, oh, we didn't even know how good we had it until we got to slides. And we are like, oh, this data will not work at all. You know, I think if you do have simple data, the best way to go is to create those uh, like um, non-data-driven graphs. So graphs with shapes, um, you know, you can do uh, pie charts and donuts and uh, lines and bars pretty easily. You can kind of make your own scale off to the side of the slide and 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 kind of judge what your your axis points are and that sort of thing. But of course, if you've got a ton of complex data or you're updating your data a lot or uh, whatever it may be, the, that can get really hairy. So that's kind of for more, you know, here's a you know, there's four pie graphs yeah. in our presentation type of stuff. Yeah, you need to be definitely careful there. By the way, one yeah. of the one of the features that I really liked in Google Slides, especially for like them trying to push this integration between sheets and docs and slides is that link slides feature. I don't know if you have have you used it for yes. a customer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. We use it because we like to design without them um seeing it happen necessarily uh just because depending on the we don't do this for all the clients sometimes we just design in the same file um but some of our clients get like you know it's like they stop what they're doing and they're just watching the designer <laughs> um, and kind of commenting as they go again with that live collaborations double-edged sword so um we will use the link slide and update in our own file and then like kind of you know update from there just to kind of not have them following the little designer bouncy head around the um, around the file um, and link slides is great. So again, you have to be an organized organization to use it well, because if you have a good system, you could have a master file and then, you know, the pitch for this client or the, the monthly update for this client, you could control how those slides change from one master file. Um, it's yeah. a it's a hairy beast, so I often recommend it to clients with extreme caution because I could you know I could easily see how linked slides could create too much of a two way street from sales back into like marketing who's trying to um, who's trying to kind of hold a master and that could end up as kind of a, a huge versioning issue to be honest. But again, you've always got your versions yeah. to go back to. <laughs> Yeah, and everything will be propagated afterwards. And by the way, the the link to the link slides feature also works very fast. You know, like 
if you update a slide and then go to a Google Doc and that slide is in that Google Doc, it's like a second or two and it will push you to update it and tell you, hey, there is a new version of that slide. I'm like, that was fast. <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's happening. So it's a cool feature. But again, as you mentioned, like if someone changes the master, master presentation, right. it may be, yeah, for some, like for some team sales, finance, finance like marketing people that could be, a problem you know like yeah it, it could backfire tremendously so you know, they're, yeah i was just gonna say they're getting a little bit better a little bit more granular about their sharing settings uh, the sharing settings can be a major frustration as well and it, maybe we should have talked about this during collaboration but the sharing settings used to be like three main settings right you can okay make the doc available to everybody with the link or just people in our organization or, or yeah. all these different ways. And then people can be viewers, commenters, or editors. And that's great because now we're getting drilled into like, you can also lock people for a little while. Like, okay, Jonathan, too many comments. You know what I mean? Why don't you just chill out for a second? Um, but it's a great way to, you know, stop editing. Um, if you're the person in the organization who is editing the slides and you want to stop the content holders from working while you're working, again, those are options too. Um, so that's, you know, when we were talking about the kind of mistakes that can happen when somebody's updating a file that they maybe shouldn't be, it reminded me that, you know, they are getting a little bit more granular with those controls, um, which okay. is excellent because, you know, the, although it's kind of, the more, the more complex they get, the harder they are to manage and really to keep track of. Um, but you can kind of get granular on like who can do what and who can comment where, which is, um, which is only, you know, going to get better as far as keeping control of content at the right levels of the organization. Yeah. So final note on Google Slides, do, to the, for the people that haven't tried it yet, what, what are your thoughts? Should they go ahead and spend an hour? just exploring them, exploring what's possible? Should they wait up until the moment comes and someone invites them to collaborate? What should people <laughs> do here? <laughs> I honestly think there's no reason not try it out. It, I mean, depending on your organization and depending on how you guys are using presentation, it could be hugely advantageous to your work streams. You know, if you're sharing massive amounts of data in presentation, it might not be the guy for you, right? Yeah. Um, but it, um, unless you've already set yourself up in sheets, in which case, you know, more power to you, that's amazing. But um, if you're working on pitch slides and they're largely kind of graphic and icons and, and simple stuff and, um, and you do need multiple content holders and they're working on narrative and that sort of thing, it may be hugely advantageous. And again, going from Google Slides into PowerPoint isn't nearly as gnarly. So if you've already got templates and stuff set up there, you may be able to collaborate there and then pull down to PowerPoint without much pain and then go live you know, in PowerPoint or go to the rest of the organization in PowerPoint. So uh, it may also work to do a hybrid approach, small team in Google yeah. Slides and the rest of the organization in PowerPoint. Try it out. Yeah. Why not? Which is something that... Yeah, of course. I mean, this is something that you can see very, like, quite often, I would say, in the corporate world. Like, mm -hmm. no matter the fact that uh, the inboxes and the mail server is Gmail, right? There are a lot of people that are still using PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that is, like, that is, like, a lot of... I Yesterday, by the way, I had a discussion with a friend of mine who they're running Gmail for their inboxes. And by the way, she worked for Microsoft before. And so now she works with Gmail and she's like, this thing is so far behind of what Microsoft <laughs> are doing in Outlook. And her problem currently, completely unrelated to Google Sites, by the way, is that if she tries to import her email into Outlook, which normally works, actually the email works, but the calendar doesn't work. And so it's a mess there. And I'm like, are you sure that it's done? it doesn't work? And she's like, yep. Or at least she researched it a lot and didn't find a solution. So if someone knows a solution, how to import a Gmail mailbox into, into Outlook and still have the calendar, I still cannot believe that that's not possible. Like, that's super strange. Like, I, You know, I, I, I know that I've been having trouble lately with some calendar invites from, because we use uh, Google Sli or Gmail for you know, Google Suites for our, whatever it's called these days. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that I have been having trouble with 
um, invites from Outlook. So, the, you know, the two are just, they don't all, they don't want to play nice together. It doesn't make yeah, sense for obviously. them to play nice together. Yeah. Careful, everybody. So, Bethany, who should we, who else should we get on the podcast? A question that we ask absolutely everyone. Later on, once we publish the episode, we tag them on LinkedIn so that they know there was a shout out. (laughs) So who else else should we get having in mind how many people we actually had? Let us know one name that you think should be here. Okay. Well, I I was listening to Nolan's episode um, and he was talking about inclusivity and you're kind of also kind of tap dancing around accessibility. Um, To me the, you know, the kind of the authority on accessibility right now is Steffi Hogan. Um, She's also the current (laughs) vice president of the Presentation Guild with me. So I talk to her all the time, but she does a lot of work around accessibility and in the U.S. what we call ADA compliance. So so, um, she's great and can easily kind of tackle that that big bear of a of a topic. Yeah, that's a huge topic, by the way, and a very becoming more and more popular, by the way. Yeah. Thankfully so. So we need to have her on the podcast for sure and spend an hour, which won't be enough, probably. Uh, it's a huge topic, right? I mean, wow, that one became and exploded in the last few years, especially, yeah. I think, because of those big, com- those big conferences that push their speakers to make all of their slides, the whole presentation inclusive, inclusive which is great. And phew, that is... So, so great to see finally. So Steffi is the person to get here, correct? I think so. Yeah. She's been doing a lot of work around accessibility and she also is um, in web dev. So she's kind of got a full perspective on not just presentation, but uh, like kind of all um, screen viewed content and accessibility. Got it. That will be an interesting one for sure. Final question. It's actually a two-part question. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is the best place for people to find your work, the slide mm-hmm. rabbit projects or what you guys are doing there? And what is the best social media platform or just a place for you to connect, for people to connect with you? Like, what are those two places? Okay, so for slide rabbit work, our website is sliderabbit.com. Um, we've got a portfolio up there, although... I need to get better about updating it. And then we also write a blog. I try to blog at least twice a month, but, you know, work gets in the way sometimes. (laughs) It's getting Um, harder and harder. Yeah, we talk about all sorts of stuff on there, though. So, like, anybody who is interested in presentation podcasts and that sort of thing is would be interested. Um, We talk about the events in the industry, but also how-tos and all that sort of stuff. So that's that's probably how to find Slide Rabbit. Admittedly, connecting with me, I am terrible at social media. Um, I tweet like whenever I remember to, and like I check LinkedIn like once every week or so. So okay. I would say, so I'm a little more elusive. But um, I, we talked about the presentation guild earlier. That's probably the best place to get me. So um, we have it on uh, a Slack community in, for the presentation guild, and that's always on. And like you can connect there with experts in the industry, a lot of whom have been on this podcast, like. Nolan and Julie Turberg and Echo and uh, myself and uh, any, almost anyone you can think of, you can reach um, there. So consider joining. We're just kind of always around on our always open Slack. Um, and you can, of course, always send a message to hello at sliderabbit.com, which reaches my inbox directly. So Perfect. I hope to connect with you. Yeah, perfect, perfect. For sure, we need to, I will make sure that we link the Slide Rabbit website uh, and maybe let's say not anything, any social media platform for that matter, but the presentation guild website so that people can see what's going on in there, etc. Can you just brief us for two minutes on what the presentation guild is before we end? Because I think that's important. And your the Slack channel that you mentioned, I think is one of the one of the not the but one of the probably biggest benefits of being part of that guild. Yeah, I agree. So um, the presentation guild, if you haven't if you aren't familiar, is a community of presentation professionals. So uh, if you do anything tangential to presentation, whether it's strategy or writing or presenting or even um, like event production, um, and of course, slide design, um, you'll find your community there. Like, so you'll access to all of the experts. We do a ton of webinars and events throughout the year. Um, we publish state of the industry surveys, everything to kind of collect, connect people. And actually one of the kind of main 
driving factors for starting it was to give people who are working in larger corporations, maybe siloed at their jobs, maybe they're the only presentation professional or one of a small team, access to the larger community um, so that we can all learn from each other. Um, there's, of course, agencies like mine that is in presentation, but the vast majority of people working in presentation are people who are kind of the presentation go-to person at their larger job. So if you need more contact with professionals that do this every day, that's the place to get it. Perfect. So we will link your website, the SlideRabbit's website and Presentation Guild for sure. Everyone, this is probably the 10th time in 80 episodes that somebody, <laughs> 80 episodes that somebody is like, hey, check Presentation Guild out. Check present Like it's important for everyone that's listening to this one at least to know in the same way as with Google Slides, you need to at least know what that is, you know, so that if you need it at some point, you know where to go. So I would highly recommend everyone checking the presentation guild just because of the webinars, by the way, and because of the Slack channel. These two, these two are worth the, mem the yearly uh, membership for the presentation guild, which is, by the way, not expensive at all. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Bethany, thanks for joining. That was your first podcast, but I know you would never guess that that was your first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so now you can start slowly relaxing that everything is fine and we're in the final <laughs> minute or so. <laughs> I know. So thanks for joining. It was so much fun to have you. Thanks, Boris. It's been a blast. Absolutely. So everyone who listened to this one, you cannot tell that this was Bethany's first podcast for sure. <laughs> And in the meantime, check her website, check what SlideRabbit are doing, check what the Presentation Guild is all about, and also take a look at our website, 356labs.com, and the conference that we host, Present to Succeed, which is now a yearly conference. By the way, the 2021 edition, this episode will be published after the 2021 edition, and when we're recording this, two, three weeks before it, it got 3,000 purchase tickets. So that one exploded and so hopefully in 2022 when we are going to talk also with Bethany to join us but she doesn't know about it uh still <laughs> we'll have more than that so let's see how it goes again thanks everyone for listening hope you enjoyed it subscribe if you like it and see you in the next one